Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high-interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing avoiding the trap of planned obsolescence. Planned obsolescence, that's one of those terms that we hear thrown around a good bit. You know, it's one of those terms that we are familiar with, but we may not necessarily know exactly what it means. And so we're going to talk about how it impacts our money, how it affects the amount of money that we spend in particular. And the thing is, too, we're also going to get to why it's not necessarily an all bad thing. You know, like a lot of times you hear that planned obsolescence, it's sort of this evil conspiracy that companies implement in order to to fleece us, you know, to, to get more money out of our pockets. But it's not all bad. So that's what we're going to discuss, man. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, there is planned obsolescence by certain manufacturers or, or certain industries. And at the same time, there's ways in which 
we consider the things that we own to be functionally obsolete. So we're going to tackle that as well in the show today. But Matt, before we get to that, uh, you and I, we're uh, celebrating a little bit today because we both yeah. each paid off a, a big debt that we had in our lives. It's gone out of our lives now. Yeah, you and I both have paid off some big chunks of debts. So Kate and I, we've been working really hard over the past uh, year and a half, two years to pay off uh, the HELOC that we took out on our house to help fund the renovation that we uh, that we did here at the house. And you, man, you recently paid off a full mortgage on one of your investment properties that you've been working really hard at. Yeah, that's right. So it was one of the ones that I did not do a refi on. I refied a couple recently and I realized, man, there's this this one property I have. It's at above market interest rate. I don't want to refinance it and pay the closing cost in order to refi it. It's too low of a balance. And so I'm just ready to be done with it. And I had enough in my savings where I felt comfortable paying that sucker off and also having enough to, you know, to have that at minimum six months, right, of living expenses set aside. So yeah, like, man, it's like the weight off the shoulders to have one mortgage down. Now it's like four to go, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And so I think the bigger question that folks are probably then asking is like, well, what are you doing paying off mortgages that have pretty low interest rates? Yeah. And I mean, and I'll say, like, I'll, I will readily admit that the HELOC that we paid off, man, it is sitting at three and a quarter percent. That's really low. And a lot of the number nerds out there are thinking, oh, bad move, Matt and Joel. You guys both should have you know, been taking that money and investing it instead, putting it in the market. But the fact is, man, like this is an instance I know for us where it's not all about the numbers. Over the years, man, I found myself veering from the camp that's only looking at the numbers, that's only looking at interest rates. And I am considering just the emotional and the mental impacts uh, that paying off a, you know, a loan like that can have. And so you know, the, the stage of life that we are in for sure is one of simplifying. And we're, we're trying to find ways to remove things from our minds that take up space and, and clutter our minds, basically. And so for us, this was definitely one of the ways to do that. Because yeah, it's not all about the numbers. There's certainly uh, some power behind feeling free mentally. This is sort of an experiment to see how we respond and how it feels to eliminate some of this debt, even though by the numbers, it may not necessarily make the most sense. Yeah, I think too, Matt, there's something about being a little bit conservative in one area of your life that can allow you to be more aggressive in another area of your life. And so for me, paying off this mortgage allows me to be even more confident with my 100% stock allocation You know, in my investing there portfolio. You go. Yeah. It's like if I'm a little conservative over here, I can make sure that I'm never forced to sell stocks, that I'm always able to to maintain that aggressive allocation. And so for yeah, me and my fam, it, it felt like the right move for us to make. And again, yeah, the numbers, is it the best move overall for the coming decades? That's a question we asked ourselves. But at the same time, paying off a debt is, I think, almost never a bad idea. As long as you can continue to to invest and save for the future, um, that paying off debt is, is a good move for people. And we should all be encouraged, I think, to, to look at the debts that we have in our lives, take them a little bit more seriously, and work a little bit harder to get rid of them. So yeah, congrats to you, my friend. Thank you. And congrats as well to you, buddy. Thanks, man. I almost feel that we should have some champagne this episode instead of, uh, <laughs> or not maybe champagne, but like a nicer big bottle with a Cajun cork. They do make something called the champagne of beers. Is that, is that what you're talking about? That's If they made a 750 bottle of the champagne of beers, then maybe uh, <laughs> that would feel appropriate. But no, this episode, you and I, we are enjoying uh, a beer called Juicy IPA. Uh, and this is by Squatters Craft Beers. And a big thanks to Sam there at the brewery for sending this one our way. I'm looking forward to enjoying this one with you, buddy. And we will yeah, share our thoughts on this beer at the end of the episode. Sounds good. All right, Matt, let's get to the topic at hand now. Today, we're talking about avoiding the trap of planned obsolescence. And Matt, I think we've all heard a time or two, one of our grandparents maybe exclaim, they don't make it like they used to. 
And I, man, I think like the older I get, I think I've been guilty of saying something like that. Speaking of dad jokes, which is a beer we did have recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like that's a typical dad line. Yeah, as I'm growing up, they don't make older, them like they used to. Yeah, I say stuff like that now, and my kids notice. <laughs> but I think planned obsolescence is a part of the reason that people say that. It certainly feels at times that lots of items don't last as long as they used to, and I think it can be frustrating for all of us to purchase something with hard-earned money uh, and then have to replace it before it feels like its lifespan is up just because it wasn't made well. Planned obsolescence for me, it took a massive leap onto my radar with the iPhone battery scandal just a few years ago. Battery it, gate? Yeah. <laughs> Do they call it that? They call everything I don't know. gate. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that actually? I don't, I don't know. Well, Watergate. Yeah, the, but like, was it because the hotel was the hotel the was Watergate, named Watergate? Watergate yeah. hotel, so you just add gate to the end of everything. Gate, gate to everything. All now. of a sudden, it's a scandal. <laughs> exactly, beer gate. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what that would involve. Uh, but in 2017, Apple actually admitted to slowing down older iPhones, which was really frustrating to people because it, it felt like they they had noticed that for years. Like, man, why is my iPhone so sluggish after just owning it for a year or two? Uh, and then they were basically forced to massively reduce the price of a battery upgrade in order to make customers whole, to provide them with a fresh battery, so that they're older phone could continue to work. Um, and that's kind of when planned obsolescence, I feel like the, the red lights were the red lights were blinking. And I started to like think about it a lot more in, in the past few years since then. Yeah. And there were even reports last year that, that some people were experiencing issues with even, you know, just newer iPhones right after the latest model was announced. I hadn't seen any like verified reports of that. And so I might kind of just chalk that up to kind of conspiracy theories. You love a good um, conspiracy theory. No, I, I think though, man, like, you know, subconsciously, like we consumers might perceive our current products as inferior once there is something kind of new and shiny on the scene, you know? There certainly are instances where, you know, it's the products where it seems that they're designed to fail after a certain period of time or maybe like after a certain uh, number of uses. But it's also important to consider whether or not this obsolescence is due to our own habits of consumption, you know? And in fact, like evidence points to items like cars and TVs actually being built to last even longer these days than they used to. And so I think we can feel that planned obsolescence is this thing that's kind of out to get us and, and out to, to, to steal our money, essentially. But in a lot of cases, I think sometimes that perception is only occurring within our own minds. Yeah, you and I, we actually talked recently about the failure rate of televisions these days. It's like 3% or something like that. And so, yeah, I think I was in our insurance episode. We're basically telling people to forego getting the extended warranty on a TV because they're so well made. And I think that sometimes it's easy to, to see the negative, point out the bad, but we don't necessarily take a look at, at what's gotten better. And yeah, a lot of items that we use in our everyday lives have gotten better. Right. Uh, the, the biggest, most obvious reason, Matt, that you and I hate planned obsolescence, though, is due to the costs that we incur when something does break, when it stops working or it's no longer effective. And there's also the environmental impact. I think sometimes we develop a throwaway mentality, which leads to increased waste, more items in the landfill, and ultimately, uh, it accelerates global warming. And the planned obsolescence of products like light bulbs, smartphones, or even just cheaply made furniture can be annoying and frustrating. It certainly seems like some of the things we buy these days just aren't meant to last very long. And that means shelling more money out in the future for a replacement. Yeah, most definitely. You know, and, and while some Planned obsolescence might feel a bit nefarious, right? There are some positives that are a result of it, and we want to make sure to cover those too. You know, there are certain luxuries and creature comforts that you and I that we get to enjoy as a result of the effects of planned obsolescence. You know, for instance, uh, going back to when light bulbs when they were first introduced, the filament it was actually made with carbon, and so these light bulbs were much more expensive to produce. But due to the demand of the masses, you know, everybody wanted to have electric lights in their homes, and because of that, that was a 
product th- uh, that had a huge barrier to entry, and a lot of people weren't able to you know enjoy that product. So that's a simple example where reducing the quality also brought down the cost, which then made it much more accessible to everybody else, not yeah. just not just the rich. Yeah, that's really cool. I, yeah, I, I I didn't know that, and I think that's fascinating. And it is an example of how planned obsolescence, it's not necessarily a conspiracy theory. Sometimes it's just a functional necessity. Yeah. And there are some other upsides as well, right? Just think about all the jobs that come about as a result of producing goods that aren't meant to last forever, right? And another positive is that progress is made because items eventually wear out and need to be replaced. So while on this episode, we'll do our best to help you avoid the trap of planned obsolescence, it is important to admit that it also does play a role in innovation. And there are are other side effects, positive effects of planned obsolescence in our lives. Yeah, and this progress and this innovation, it's it's a good thing. You know, like nobody's gonna argue with the fact that we pretty much all have airbags in our cars now. But what that means though is that you know, that progress, it, it comes at the expense of these older vehicles that don't have those features, right? And so it's not that those old items or old products no longer work. It's just that, well, they just don't happen to have the, you know, the latest features that a lot of individuals are wanting in specifically in this case in their cars today, you know, specifically to keep us safe. Exactly. <laughs> in that man. regard. Yeah. But playing obsolescence, it's not always a good thing and it can affect us negatively. And so we're going to focus on avoiding products with a shorter life cycle in, in order to, to save yourself some money. You know, if we update our, our gadgets every single year, you know, it's going to cost us. Or if we, we purchase items that are more likely to break or wear out in a few years, and instead of maybe a decade or longer, it will mean spending more along with a rising level of frustration. And so after the break, let's detail a few areas uh, in addition to handheld electronics where planned obsolescence has been uh, frustratingly in vogue for quite a while now. And then we'll also discuss how we can take a different route. We'll get to that right after this. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. 
So focus on super-serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best-fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. And now a word from the show sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. All right, we're back from the break. And Matt, I love the example you just gave of the light bulb. I feel like that clicks in my mind in like a, in a really awesome way. Uh, it, like a light bulb went off in my head. When yeah, you, you want that. a really expensive nice light bulb that costs i don't know fifty dollars or you know like the the one dollar one no i ain't into that well you remember too when led bulbs first hit the market and they were like what 12 15 dollars per bulb that's true and it was like so expensive to replace them but i love too how the more manufacturers were producing these bulbs the the costs have come down you can get great led bulbs for a dollar a bulb now Um, they're they're just so easy and cheap to replace Uh, but let's give a couple examples of Places where planned obsolescence rears its ugly head in a major way. And uh, Matt, first example is textbooks. Yeah, to all of our recent college grads out there, they're, they're thinking, yes, textbooks. They're terrible. They cost me a <laughs> lot of money every semester. And they're this classic example, I think, of planned obsolescence. School systems pay an outrageous amount for textbooks every year for their kids. And college students have to budget hundreds and hundreds of dollars each semester just for books for their classes. And so I think there are ways to combat a couple of these, these major areas where we see planned obsolescence. So instead, when we're talking about textbooks, maybe check with your professor to see if a previous edition still works. Oftentimes that previous edition costs a fraction of the price uh, of the newest one because that's what everybody's using now. Or share with a friend. Uh, sometimes that can work if you're going through a class together. And sometimes, Matt, the, the teacher, the professor doesn't even use the textbook. It's it's listed as something you need to buy. And then you get to class and, and they're like, yeah, I don't really do the textbook. It's just lecture based. And then you're like, crap, why did I spend $180 on that book now? Yeah. Or you look at it like twice and it's just <laughs> right. pointless. Exactly. And you can even rent textbooks these days via sites like Amazon and Chegg. Right? That prevents that loss if a new edition does come along for the next semester, making that book that you purchased now worthless. So renting a textbook instead of buying it makes a, a whole lot of sense for a lot of people. 
Yeah, and depending if you maybe are in an English or like a literature class too, like there are like a lot of the, the classic books that uh, college students are assigned to read sometimes can be found online for free, right? They're open licensed. And uh, I saw too that you can go to a site like OpenStax or Project Gutenberg and you can check and see if a book that you that you need for a certain course can be found online for free uh, in a digital format, which is a really nice way to, to save some money as well. And so Joel, you know, speaking of textbooks, fast fashion, like that is another textbook example of planned obsolescence. Beautiful pun. Uh, <laughs> We got to embrace those dad jokes, man. <laughs> a new wardrobe item that maybe you purchased recently, it likely wasn't made to look cool for very long, you know, or, or even to last until spring because of how cheaply it was made. In fact, there are reports of how H&M, how they can churn out a new style from drawing board to the stores in just two weeks, man. And so that means, you know, those cool new threads might be out of style after you even wear them once. And so we would recommend for folks, in this case, to avoid fast fashion in the pursuit of well-made staple items uh, that stand the test of time. You know, instead of fashion, like work to develop your own personal style that doesn't change with time. I, th- I think my wife wishes mine would change with time, maybe, but <laughs> it's not. It's here forever, okay? It's here forever and it's affordable. <laughs> exactly. No, it is funny, man. I, I think about some of the, the shirts that I own that I've had the longest. Literally, some of them are 50 years old because I bought them 15 years ago in the thrift store and some old man was wearing them for 30 years before that. And those are some of my favorite shirts still. And when I pop a button or, or, uh, you know, get a hole in it, it makes me so sad. Yeah, because it's really hard to match a 50-year-old button. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) They don't make them them like they used to, Joel. See? They don't. Dang it. (laughs) I said it. You did. Well, uh, yeah, another area, Matt, where planned obsolescence definitely rears its ugly head is in ink cartridges for printers. Uh, That is in large part because these printers were created to waste ink and printer manufacturers sell printers for 20 or 30 bucks because they're not hoping to make money on the printer. They're planning on making money every time you have to replace the ink. And some manufacturers are working to change that, though. They're working to create printers that that don't function with this planned obsolescence mentality. So look to those printers instead of getting the cheapest printer you can, because that one's actually going to cost you more over the time that you own it. Uh, Brother has an ink vestment printer, and Epson has an EcoTank. Both have opted to change things up in the way they, in their approach. The EcoTank implemented refillable cartridges, so you don't have to replace them for a long, long long time. Filling up that ink instead of constantly replacing the cartridges is going to save you just a massive amount of money. And it's going to reduce waste at the same time, chucking those used cartridges just in the in the trash can. Yeah. And we all know that there are very few things that uh, that are more inconvenient than running out of ink. You know, when you're in a rush and trying to get something printed out before dashing out the door. Truth. All right. So those are some of the ways that we see planned obsolescence in our lives, right? Cell phones and other personal technology, man, they are also an example that, you know, that comes to mind where planned obsolescence seems to be working on a predictable, you know, two-year schedule where folks feel the need to, to replace their items, costing them tons of money. Uh, but there are, in fact, ways to make your technology last longer. And that's what we're going to talk about now. So when it comes to our personal electronics, uh, let's talk about replacing batteries. You know, we touched on this at the beginning of the episode. And it's not as you know easy to DIY this as it was maybe in the early days of cell phones, right? In the early days of, you know, the droid phones in particular. Oh, man, I remember my first Evo. You just like pop it out, <laughs> pop in the new one. Exactly. <laughs> Super easy. They, they used to be so easily removed in, in many of those models. But the, uh, the battery is a likely culprit of why people tend to toss out an older laptop or an older phone. Uh, and so instead, we would recommend for folks to, to look to replace it. So whether that means taking your iPhone maybe to an Apple store for a replacement uh, or ordering a, a replacement battery for your laptop. And, and those are, are typically easier to install. Uh, but you can easily get twice as much life out of a device 
with that one simple move. You know, a lot of the experts say that like on your phone, you can check, you know, your battery health. And once it gets down to like around 60% or less, you know, you're, like your, your device is not going to be functioning at the level that it needs to be in order to, to probably keep you happy. And so that would definitely be a good time to get that battery replaced. Yeah. Another way to, to make your tech last longer is to clean your gadgets and your appliances, right? Yeah, just toss them in the washer with your pants. That's what I do with my phone. I toss <laughs> it in the dishwasher, good to go, super clean. Need <laughs> a high temperature wash to really disinfect it. Do we have to put a disclaimer after that just in case one of our <laughs> listeners actually does that? No, we don't. Okay, all right, good. Uh, <laughs> so uh, one of the reasons things break down oftentimes is due to a, a buildup of dirt and grime. And those canned aerosol cans or even like a sewing needle, depending on, on you know what's messed up with your phone or what's getting grimy, they can help you blow out or dig out some of the grime and nastiness and funk that's on a cell phone or laptop or, or a desktop computer. And desktop computers can even be opened up once a year to blow out the fan. Uh, household appliances too, right? Your fridge will, will last longer and perform better if you vacuum the coils every year. There are all these ways that you can take care of the things that you have, keep them clean, and then they'll, they'll last longer. They'll, they'll perform better for you. And so you'll be more apt to keep it around in your life and, and not ditch it for the next model, which is going to end up costing you money. Yeah, if you have a laptop or a desktop uh, computer that sounds like it's getting ready to, to take off, like <laughs> like it's an airplane uh, when you're trying to, to uh, maybe open more than one application at a time, like there's a good chance that it's really dirty and and you know and the fans having to work overtime in order to to keep the processor cool. That's just how it works. And another fact, when you have too many apps or, or too many old files on your computer, it's going to slow down the performance of that device. You know, So we're, we're going to recommend for you to, to delete unused data. Back up your, your videos and photos with something like you know Google Photos, where you, know, you can have 15 gigs of free storage. Or you can even get a separate hard drive, which are really affordable these days, uh, or just something similar, in order to avoid having tons of those files stored locally, uh, which will slow down your device. You can even, on your iPhone, you can go to iPhone Storage, and it lists out the different apps on your phone uh, that use the most storage, right? And so you might be surprised to see that text messages, your messaging app, uses over 10 gigs worth of, of, of storage. And it's because of all those gifts and all those pictures you're sending back and forth to your friends. And if you don't care about those pictures anymore, well, that's something you can easily delete from your phone and free up a lot of space. Yeah. And another way to extend the life of your gadget so you don't have to get a new one is uh, to protect it. And this is an obvious move, but most people should have a phone case. Uh, the more we drop, crack, or completely shatter our phone screen without having a decent case, I'm looking at you, Matt, uh, the less likely <laughs> that the phone will last for us. And I actually do not take my own advice on this one. I do not have a case on my phone, but I also handle it with care. And I purchase cheaper phones so that if something did accidentally happen, I wouldn't be out nearly as much money. If I had a $1,200 iPhone, I would have a case on it. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, that's something that I think a lot of people, especially if you're getting the nicest, latest gadget, protecting it uh, so that it will have a long life is crucial, uh, especially considering how much some of those things cost these days. Yeah. That, did I tell you that Kate got her uh, new iPhone SE? Oh, nice. How'd she like it? She's digging it, man. I mean, it's a, it's a nicer phone. It's probably like the nicest phone she's ever owned, and which by the way, isn't also very nice. It's kind of like their <laughs> entry level phone, <laughs> but she invested in one of those, you know, solid otter boxes and it's like bulletproof. Nice. Um, but I was actually, especially with kids, you almost like need that because yeah. they will bite it and they will lick it or and they will drop it. it on the ground. Yeah. Something else though I learned is that I used to always kind of make fun of the, the screen protectors because I'm thinking, 
I don't really care if I get a light scratch on my phone. Like what I want to not have happen is it shatter or crack, you know? But I was reading up on them. And one of the arguments for those screen protectors is the fact that by avoiding those really light scratches, it actually keeps your phone from cracking when you do drop your phone. And so think of each one of those little scratch marks as sort of like a a score. You know, like when you're scoring something and you're getting getting ready to break it or to to tear it. The more this tear, the more likely you're going to break it. Exactly. And I had never really thought about that. Maybe it seems obvious to you or maybe to some of our listeners out there. But Now that you said it, it sounds obvious but I wouldn't have known that. Yeah, I used to always think, well, I don't really, like, why do you put a screen protector on there? It doesn't make any sense. If you end up dropping your phone, it's going to shatter. I don't care if it gets the fine scratch. I don't want it to shatter. But the the fine scratches can lead to the shattering. And so, so yeah, store that one away for uh, the next time you do get a new phone. That's good to know. And, and Matt, I know there's people out there who, who do want to upgrade their device. I've talked recently about the fact that I'm really still leaning towards potentially getting the Pixel 4a. Are you still on the uh, 4a train? Yeah, man. Thinking about it. Thinking about it. Uh, and, and Kate, obviously, she just upgraded, got a new phone. But the, the important thing to do if you are ready to upgrade to something else is to know that one person's trash is another person's treasure. So in order to avoid the trap of planned obsolescence in that case, it's important to sell your old item, your, your old piece of electronics for, for as much as you can get from it. You could also hand it down to somebody else who, who's in need, right? Uh, but, but selling for top dollar means that you're going to want to avoid a trade-in with your service provider, look to selling independently instead. That way, the circle of life continues. That device doesn't go into the trash. Uh, Somebody ends up using it, and they get joy out of it and use out of it, too. I'm just picturing the Lion King in the circle of life as someone's like handing like the cell phone over to the monkey and he holds it up, you know, like some pride rock. Mufasa handing his, his older pixel model down to Simba. So yeah, definitely look to sell it yourself, right? Like you don't necessarily want to just hand it over to your your cell carrier. Uh, Look to be a platform that we all know, like eBay. You can go to Facebook Marketplace. Uh, Gazelle is also another place where you can sell your old device. And also too, check out sellsell.com. But that's spelled S-E-L-L-C-E-L-L.com. And you can go there and you can get a quick idea of what it might be worth, what your phone might be worth, and and who is willing to pay you the most. I entered the information for my phone and I found out it's even still, with all the cracks and everything, it's still worth between $20 and $27. There you go. But as I was toggling between the different uh, levels of condition, you know, you got like good, fair, bad, or I think like the last one was like defective or (laughs) something like that. Trash. Yeah. I'm like, well, what do you consider defective? Near trash. Yeah. Because like it's not trash, it still works, but. But like the screen is broken in all the places. And so But but that can be refurbished. That's the great thing about selling to some of those sites is those phones yeah. do get refurbished. They get a new life. They get resold to somebody after they've been looked over and someone else can can have a phone that they get for, I don't know, maybe seventy or eighty dollars that is set to last for another two years. So yeah, don't junk it and actually get your money's worth out of it. Mine, I looked it up was worth $17. It doesn't have nice. a cracked screen, but it's a really old phone. Um, and I really thought it was worth probably zero, but to know that I could actually get something uh, out of it. Better than nothing. Yeah. I was like, all right, that's not too bad. Yeah. What's so cool about that site is that, you know, you enter in the information and it pulls up all these other sites and they show what the average price is that they're willing to pay. And so that's that's how you're able to easily go to this one place and get the best, you know, the best estimate for your device. Love an aggregator like that. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> Bring, good. Bringing them all together. All right, Matt, we've got uh, more to get to on planned obsolescence, including the, the most important ways you can fight back in a world that's steeped in planned obsolescence. And we'll get to, to some of those tips right after this break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. 
So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All 
All right, Joel, we're back from the break, and we're talking about planned obsolescence, and specifically, planned obsolescence is how it costs us a lot of money, but we're not just going to take it. You know, we're not just going to roll over. We're going to fight back against this planned obsolescence. Sorry, we're going to throw a Mike Tyson uppercut punch to it. Let's, let's do it, man. Did you ever play Mike Tyson's Punch-Out back on the original N- Nintendo? Yeah, for yeah. sure. That's a great game. We've recently pulled out. What's the, what's the little mini N- Nintendo that you plug up that's got all the games built into it, and you plug it up? Yeah, it's like the modern version of the old-school Nintendo. Yeah, right? I but don't it's know got like it's... 50 games built into it, you yeah. know, but it's still got the remotes. We recently busted that out, and the girls have been playing Balloon Fight. Uh, <laughs> it's so much fun. <laughs> yeah, I got one for Christmas last year, but I think I've only played it twice. Like, I don't know. I just don't play video games very much, but it is it's, fun when I do break it out. It's good for, like, a rainy day. And yeah. We, we, yeah, it was raining the other Saturday and kind of cold outside, so we're like, all right, this is the perfect morning for uh, some video games. But we digress. We're talking about video games. We want to be talking about planned obsolescence, right? Right. And so let's talk through some different ways that we can make sure that, we are, that we're fighting, that we're combating planned obsolescence. Um, and the the first step that we need to take comes before we even make that purchase. I think we need to research more before we make these uh, purchases in our life. You know, if you make uh, a smarter initial purchase, like you are more likely to get a longer lifespan out of your device. There are great sites out there, sites like Consumer Reports and Wirecutter, where you can read all about the different you know devices that you're considering, and and they can help you to buy things that are going to be built to last and to avoid the products that are going to cause you headaches after you need to replace them after just a few months of use. Yeah, buying quality on the front end makes such a difference in how long we're actually able to own something. Uh, We end up liking it more if it works better. Another way then that we can fight back against planned obsolescence is is attempt to repair the items that we do own. We're so used to, I think, disposable products that we often don't consider if the broken item is repairable. Uh, You know, Matt, you and I, we're not DIY gurus, but we're all for giving it a shot. I don't mind breaking out the hot glue gun or even the duct tape if necessary. (laughs) (laughs) And if it's an electronic item, check out sites like I fix it. It's a great website. You can buy the tools to fix your device, and then they'll give you the instructions on how to do it. Uh, almost every decent-sized metropolis, too, has a, a screen fixing place uh, somewhere nearby where you live, if you don't want a chance going it alone. But those are the kind of things where instead of replacing it, try to fix it. Uh, try to extend the life, essentially, of the item that you already have. Yeah, that's right. We mentioned the Apple Store earlier. You don't necessarily need to go straight to the Apple Store. You can support a a smaller local business. Another way that we can avoid planned obsolescence is by forsaking latest trends, Joel. You know, often it's it's not that our, our gadget doesn't work any longer. It's just that we got bored with it. We see a, a product release keynote addressed, uh, you know, featuring the, the hottest item that will make ours kind of feel old and maybe a little bit crusty, you know? <laughs> but the feeling is not based on reality. Our desire to, to follow the trends is often at the root of our belief that, you know, what we currently own is obsolete, even when it definitely does have meaningful life left in it. Yeah, we're talking about gadgets here, some Matt, but but you know we talked about fast fashion earlier on in the show. I think this is a, a specific example where people end up spending too much on clothing. We see an Instagram ad or we're reading a, a fashion magazine and we realize that what we owned last year just doesn't cut it anymore. And I think sometimes it, it feels like it's all these inputs coming our way and we'd be, normally be perfectly happy with our wardrobe until we see those things. So yeah, sometimes it takes like getting some of those inputs out of our lives and then we don't know what we're missing. Um, yeah, another way too to fight back in the world of planned obsolescence is to shop secondhand. Sometimes you don't even have to shop on eBay in order to grab something a bit newer for yourself. Do you have a friend or family member who's constantly upgrading their own gadgets? Maybe they're two or three generations ahead of you. 
buy one of their used models off of them. Uh, they make a bit of money from, from their piece of electronics that was used. You get to upgrade on the cheap, or maybe you can even score an item for free. Uh, if they were looking to toss an item out completely, you can save it from reaching the landfill. Uh, that's just a, a one creative way that you might be able to use shopping secondhand and <laughs> maybe seeing what family members are, are doing with their old devices can, can help you to avoid buying new as opposed to getting something used that's still in great condition. Right. Uh, and another way that we can completely avoid the headache of planned obsolescence is if we don't even own that item to begin with. We're talking about actually owning fewer of these items, man. I'm thinking recently to when, uh, like the Apple Watch, you know, all the different smartwatches have been coming out and, you know, they're, they're really stinking popular. And I just don't get it, you know? Like, do any of us actually need any of these gadgets? Like, man, it makes my Velcro watch look pretty shabby right now, like, doesn't it, it? It makes me want to go back and get, like, the little calculator watch, you know, like, <laughs> like, like that rectangular black one with, like, the tiny little buttons on it. But, like, I know some people, they really dig owning. Uh, one of these smartwatches. But I think it's really important for us to question that decision before you make that purchase. You know, especially I think this is true if you're buying something that's in a new product category. Like, were you able to get along fine for years and maybe even decades of your life before you ever own this product? But now all of a sudden you need it. Hmm, why is that? Yeah. And so if it's not something that you really need, then I think owning less can be really, really helpful when it comes to uh, the derailing effects of planned obsolescence in our lives. Yeah, I feel like I had the same reaction when the iPad came out and then everybody was right. tablet crazy. And it's like, well, we need a tablet for our family now, of course. Course, maybe three uh, tablets, <laughs> and and it's, it's just one of those new new product lines, and uh, a lot of people just hook line and sinker. We're like, everybody needs sign one me now. up. Yeah, and it's just not necessarily the case. And I don't want to hate on people who really really love their smartwatch or love having an iPad and get a lot of use out of it. That's okay. I think sometimes we just don't do enough consideration ahead of time on the front end before we make the purchase, and then we're like, oh yeah, this whole thing, it's it's fine. It's yeah. and then then you got to upgrade it every every year when the new one comes out too. Yeah. Yeah, and you certainly want to affect the, the situation where you're buying something and then trying to figure out what you're going to do with it, right? <laughs> it's like, I'm going to go ahead and get this and let's see what problems it solves, if any. Yeah. You know, like that should be the exact opposite approach that we should be taking. Like we should start with a problem and hopefully these problems aren't like manufactured problems that we're now thinking that we have just because that there is a new solution on the scene. But yeah, like definitely don't buy something thinking that like, cool, this will be fun. Let's figure out what we're going to do with it later. Let's buy it now though. Yeah, I mean, dude, some of the companies are, are creating like video chat devices specific to their platform, like Facebook Portal, I think is what it's called. Oh, I don't even know about that. Yet. Yeah, so so you can like literally buy. It's a been a while since I've been on the Facebook. <laughs> you can buy buy a device from Facebook, so you can message on it and do like video calls. It's like I can do that on my phone already. Like my phone basically allows me to do all these things. I don't need another device in my life. It's true. Uh, so yeah, just it's a, it's an important thing to consider owning less in order to fight back against planned obsolescence. And Matt, ultimately, planned obsolescence is something that we face in a lot of areas in our lives these days. But to avoid letting it cost us tons of money, it's really important for us as individuals to do more homework up front to protect and take care of the items that we do purchase and then to purposefully work to avoid upgrading because it's trendy. Planned obsolescence, as we talked about in the beginning, has some benefits, right? And at the same time, there's a, a lot of competition in our country. And so people are competing to make good products and services for us as individuals. A lot of the, the burden is on us, actually, to, to avoid prematurely getting rid of things that still work, that still function well, um, and that can still serve a purpose in, in our lives. I feel like while planned obsolescence still exists in the marketplace, for the most part, it's something that we do to ourselves these days, and it's something that we need to do our best to avoid. 
Yeah, man, I totally agree. So let's go ahead and shift gears, man. Let's get back to our beer on this episode. You and I, we enjoyed a juicy IPA. And this is a beer by Squatters Craft Beer. These guys are out of Salt Lake City in Utah, which means that it is limited at 5%. Yeah, I know we looked that up because I was like, oh, this is 5%. It's a really good IPA for 5%. It, it really is. And it's like, oh, the Utah laws. That's right. They cap it at 5%. Like you can't make a beer that has a higher ABV than that. And that's like a big constraint for a brewer to be under. And I got to say, man, this beer, that being said, <laughs> was really good for a 5% IPA. I totally agree. It was dude. delicious. Uh, it, it was like light and fresh uh, and it had just some great juicy character to it. I feel like typically IPAs in the 5% range are lacking. And this one was just awesome for the style. Man, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, the first thing I noticed is when we poured it, it poured this really beautiful kind of cloudy light gold color. And so it definitely is a New England style IPA. But again, it's got those flavors going on, but it's not too heavy. It's got a, just a touch of that sharp funkiness uh, without you know maybe the body that kind of weighs it down. Uh, it really was real bright and citrusy. It was honestly kind of refreshing. It was a, a really clean drinking New England IPA, which I feel like isn't necessarily a, a typical characteristic of a New England style IPA. You know, you don't really characterize it as like clean drinking. Uh, a lot of times they're kind of like hazy and kind of cloudy. Yeah, unfiltered and unclean. A little funky. <laughs> exactly. But somehow this one managed to do both. I'm glad that uh, you and I got to enjoy this one, man. I'm glad Sam sent this one our way to enjoy on the show. Uh, thank you, Sam. Yeah, thanks, Sam. All right, uh, for everybody who's listening, and if you want show notes for this episode, there, there are a lot of things we mentioned, and all of those websites will be in the show notes for you to check out. You just go to our website at howtomoney.com. Yeah, we'll definitely make sure to link to sellsell.com. Uh, that was certainly our favorite website that we came across when we were uh, preparing, getting ready for this episode. And, and for folks who have not left us a review, we would really appreciate a review over at Apple Podcasts. All those great reviews allows others who haven't yet listened to How to Money, helps them to find the podcast and hopefully to do smarter things with their money as well. So thank you in advance for that. All right, my friend. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. It's brand new, season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. 
Listen to brand new on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.